Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Cassandra joins me now. Chris, what are we listening to? That is uh, Hired Hire by Jackie Wilson. And I know John Morant, who got up high enough to... Put a two-hand dunk over a seven-foot-four guy with an eight-foot wingspan last night. <laughs> uh, Chris has a piece up at the Daily Memphian about that moment and that night. Uh, I would urge you to read it. Drew Hill also at the Daily Memphian has a piece up about it as well. So I, I take it there was a clear sense of anticipation even as the night began to unfold. Yeah, I, I mean, I sat down... I sat down on the on the floor before the game and watched women Yana's um, pregame routine because I was going to be setting up in the higher media section, so I yep. wanted to see him up close. And so I, I, I sat there sort of watching that happen. And, like, it was funny. I, I didn't end up not including this in the column because I was writing so late and so much other stuff. But, like, there were, like, little kids behind me just yelling at him the whole time. And finally, at one point, he waved, but it was this funny little wave because he's 19 years old. <laughs> and he sort of holds his hand up. He just holds his hand up, like, chest high, like, right up against his body and sort of waves it. It was almost like a Pee Wee Herman thing or something. This sort of shy little wave back at the kids. <laughs> and then the kids just start yelling, Dad, Dad, Wendy waved at me. Wendy waved at me. Uh-huh. So he already had, like, the little kids excited. And then a, a Grizzlies employee came up to me while I was sitting there and just walked up and said, So do you think Josh's going to try to dunk on him tonight? And so there was, I think there was going into the game. I, I thought like there was that sense of we're going to see Ja, ja versus Wimby for the first time. And sure enough, and this is sort of what I wrote about, to me, more than the dunk, my favorite moment was just the, the collective sound of anticipation the first time they squared off. And one minute into the game, Ja gets him on a switch and backs out and like dribbles for a second and like pauses. And you, you felt the crowd just sort of rising up in anticipation like in that moment, which is sort of a confirmation that, yes, indeed, we were all here to see this. And Wemby got him that time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> J- J- John gave him a dribble move, got past him, got to the rim, and Wemby just reached, reached, reached that endless <laughs> arm up and just blocked it right off the backboard. So Won't be the last time that happens. So, John, by the way, and we'll get to the dunk um, uh, and the, the two-minute stretch that you chronicle also in the column uh, in, a, in, a, in a second. John took nine three-pointers last night. Do you think that was partly a yeah. product of yeah? There's a there's a seven foot pterodactyl in there. I think that was probably part of it. I think part of it was I'm just guessing here. I think part of it is that he's been shooting so poorly he was trying to shoot himself out of it. Right. And I think I think I wonder to what level like he's you know been coming off of this this illness, illness. a little bit and maybe there were there was a fatigue element of like it's frankly it's easier 
to just pull up and take a jump shot, you know? And so I, I definitely thought thought he was settling for too many too many threes early in the game. I think he hit three of them. So better, honestly, than yep. he, better than he has been. Better than he has been shooting. Yeah, okay. I mean that's a little bit of like shooting yourself, trying to shoot yourself right. out of a slump a little bit. Yeah. So, so the third quarter was uh, the, the the Spurs come back. They take the lead. Honestly, it's like people are a little nervous about this. Des Bain has a great third quarter, and then Ja takes over. So of the let's the 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 the, the three plays that I think were the highlight were the hang in the air, change direction over Wemby, past Wemby for the layup, the uh, alley oop to Santi Aldama. And then, of course, the dunk. Which do you particularly how, rank those three in uh, in your own particular? If it was just you ranking, which you enjoyed the most? Oh, the dunk has to be one, um, and I guess the layup has to be two. But but I feel like it's a closer two three. I, I feel like that that alley oop play was pretty slick. The way he just tossed that pass from his hip, tossed it real quick from his hip before Wendy could react, and the way Santi finished it with the reverse dunk. Right. I feel like that was – that got, kind of got lost in the hoopla of the two Jaw and Wendy plays, but that was, that was a pretty slick move. I, I think all three of those are going to make the list when I, do, when I do my moments of the season <laughs> at the end of the year. Um, all right, and is, is, is the dunk a contender for top five? Um, like he didn't – as Eric pointed out on the broadcast, he didn't really dunk – on him, like he sort of went past it a, him. It wasn't a pearl yeah, went, smashing, went, he, he, you know. He, yeah, it was not a power dunk, right? But, so he went, he got past him. But then Wimby, I mean, there was contact on the play. Wimby got his hand on Jaw's arm, and so it, it wasn't like Wimby was out of the play. So no, it's not. He didn't det- detonate on him like he did on Aaron Baines or like he right. did on Jalen uh, Smith or some of these. Or Jakob Pertl. I think those are still right. the top three. So I don't. I don't. It, maybe it's top five, but it's not top three. I guess is what I would say. And honestly, it's because it's Wemby. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, because it's, it's Wemby. It's, That's exactly right. It's Wemby. It's the first time. It's all of that, and he freaking did it. And um, so, uh, pretty remarkable. The Grizzlies get the win. Um, is there a player in the league? That you'd rather have for the next fifteen years than Wemby? Um, I think you know there's enough uncertainty and injury risk there that, like, I, I you know you might take Luca. Luca's just so sturdy, and Luca is so great, right? Um, you know, I, it, you know, you're tempted on Giannis and Jokic, but just there's at this point the age difference yeah. is such that. You know, but but the, those guys are also so sturdy. I mean, Jokic could be like LeBron, like dominating when he's forty years old. Like these dudes have won MVPs and won titles already, and like they're not old yet. And so I think those are the three guys. And after that, I don't know, man. Like it, it, it sounds weird to take to say you take this rookie over, like you know, Shea and Booker and Ja and some of these guys. But he's a he's a prodigy. He is a different. He really is a different specimen. Than, than, than we've seen. He's a different level of pure talent. Well, and and I don't know, like the injury stuff, who could, who could predict any of it? He's like, Yao, right. Yao Ming was, like, the foot stuff seemed, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm looking at it purely from retrospect. It seemed predictable. Like, at the, at the, like he's not, right. you can imagine. He's when, not heavy. Yeah, you can imagine like Wemby that. having an impact for 15 years. Like being, in fact, I think I, 
I like Wemby's longevity and injury future more than Jaws because Jaws, that seems like the length, he's never going to get shorter, at least until he's 89, you know? Yeah. Ja may get less explosive yeah. in five years or four years, right, or whatever. So Yeah, well, with Ja, it's not just injury risk. It's also, you know, it, it, unlike, you know, LeBron or Jokic or, like, you know, he, it's hard to see him being great at 40, you know, right. just because you lose a little bit of the speed and the hops and whatever. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, the track record for guys that tall is, is sketchy, and it's not right. just like heavy dudes like Yao Ming. Like the, the, the Grizzlies employee I was talking to before the game, we, we were talking about, it, and we, we both sort of agreed on like the the Wimby cop. You don't you don't hear very much because it's it's sort of an older player who sort of fell off. But like he's sort of new age Ralph Sampson. Like people forget, and I was only sort of barely old enough to know at the time. But Ralph right. Hampton was like going to be one of the all timers. He was going to be one of those dudes, and he sort of was. Like you know, in Virginia, and then we came into the NBA, and then he just didn't hold up physically. But he was a similar kind of like fluid, finesse. You know, six three, seven three, seven four. To me, he he's almost a little bit more like that. But he's coming up in an age where I think teams know how to how to maximize and sort of a player of that type better than maybe they did. You know, with Samson, like he wasn't your, your, your true power player. And so I don't, I don't know if teams in the eighties sort of knew how to maximize that the way they do now. And so, I mean, I guess sort of circling around it, like when the, there's sort of no ceiling on it. Like there's no guarantee you get the apex career from him because you don't get that from anybody, but LeBron James for the most part. But there's no ceiling on, you know, he could be that guy who has, like, five MVPs and five titles. and all. I mean, it's all there. I just sort of think about it in terms of in the West, you know, you've got really the, he's, their, he's, their, he's their foundation. The Grizzlies' foundation is Ja, Dez, and Jaron. He's theirs. And then you've got whatever. Yep. I mean, you've got a lot going on in Oklahoma City. But he almost wondered, if I'll just start with a guy who could be the best player in the world for 15 years, right? Like, rather than these three right. really excellent players. I don't, like, it's interesting. They're so bad now. Um, and it's not a promising draft, so who knows what their next piece will be. Anyway, it was, it was, I'm glad you chronicled last night. I would urge people to read the piece over at the Daily Memphian. In terms of, and I thought I liked the way you, you wrote about it, was forget whether the Grizzlies are in the, ti- you know, where they are in the title. Like, some games just stand on their own as pieces of that's entertainment. Right. And that, that's what None of it mattered was. last night. It didn't matter last night what the long-term prognosis of Steve, for Steven Adams is. Right. That did not matter for those 48 minutes. It didn't matter in those moments. And to me, part of part of having an NBA team and going to the arena and turning on their television, and part of it is like, you know, following the ups and downs of the season and the standings and all that. But part of it is just like, we got Ja going at Wimby. Yeah, like, nothing right. else matters in this moment but Ja going at Wimby. Okay. So, having said that, was a game that you wanted to win, uh, absolutely. Oh, if, yeah. you, if you're and 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 they did, and tonight they've got Toronto back to back. And by the way, the way the game unfolded, they their their best players played heavy minutes last night. Um, so and, and Ja and Ja got got banged up. And Ja got banged I mean, up. He clearly was fine by the end because he was dug it on Wimby. Right. But he did get a little banged up, so maybe there's soreness the next day on that. I don't know that you would lament this because the, your view of Derek Rose's contributions on the court also got banged up. Um, so anyway, so right. uh, Raptors obviously come in with the new um, lineup in the wake 
of the O.G. Ananobi deal with R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, what did you think of the trade? You know, it's a, it's a, I think it's a rational trade from both sides. I mean, you can sort of see. It's an interesting trade in that it's not your typical two teams headed in different directions and players for picks kind of thing. It's also not like your your like challenge trade where you're playing you're you're trading two players to play the same position. I mean, you are with Ananobi and Barrett, but Barrett was not the main piece. Emmanuel quickly was right. So it was more like it reminded me like when I was a baseball fan when I was a kid, and I have no idea whether baseball still works like this anymore. But when I was a kid, you see trades all the time that would be like, you know, we need we need a left-handed platoon outfielder, and we have too many relief pitchers. And 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 you you need middle relievers and you got an extra bat and let's help let's help each other out kind of thing, a little bit like that. Like teams trying to accomplish different things but not headed different directions. And so I, I think Toronto Toronto had too many you know similar kind of forwards and did not have any pop enough pop in their backcourt. So you know you get rid of Ananobi when you already have Scotty Barnes, similar kind of players. And you place a bet on Emmanuel quickly being a you know a starting guard who gets you twenty points a game, which I think is a decent bet. And if you're New York, you already got the guard in Jalen Brunson, so there's duplication between Brunson and um, quickly. And you add a guy in Ananobi who you think can up can you know be your 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 primary defender on the wing and be like a high level starter, like number two, number three guy on a, on a really good team. And so I think it made sense for both teams. And then of course the other part of it, I think both. Both teams thought that the key piece was something they would not necessarily be able to retain. Both Ananobi in Toronto yeah. wasn't going to come back; he's unrestricted. Right, uh, and, and then quickly, quickly know, they weren't going to pay him somewhere. Yeah, and that it, wasn't going to be in New York. Right. So, so that was part of it. It's interesting knowing that people have been pursuing, including the Grizzlies, OG Ananobi for yep. a while now. What do you think of the haul they got relative to who knows theoretically what was? you know, what was out there. R.J. Barrett seems, you know, is he a plus asset at that contract or not? What What did you, I mean, it's interesting he, what they decided he, to do. He's not, a, he's not a plus at that contract, but I don't think he's a heavy minus either. I think no. it's a neutral to uh, yeah. neutral to slightly negative. And he's Canadian, but he's so a that good helps. Player. Yeah, and he's Canadian. He's, Canadian, <laughs> yeah, he's a yeah. good player. He's a former top three pick. He's a starting level player. And then quickly... I mean, quickly was finished second and sixth man of the year, and he's averaging 15 points a game off the bench. I, I think the odds, if, if you've gotten three picks from the Grizzlies, and obviously at the time that deal was offered, no one thought the Grizzlies were going to be as bad as they've been so far. I still think it's unlikely that Grizzlies pick, even if they miss the playoffs, ends up being, you know, in a top seven, eight kind of pick anyway. But if, even if you've gotten picks from the Grizzlies, the odds, maybe you get a player better. But the odds of you getting a player better than quickly with one of those picks is, frankly, kind of low, or at least right. up 50%. And so it, it makes sense to me that they would target the sure thing of a young player they think can be a quality starter over, like, let's get three picks in the mid to late first round and hope one of them pans out, right? Which, which does sort of, you know, it, it does underscore how much, can you, how much can you really achieve with contracts plus middling draft picks. I mean, you got Marcus Smart for that. You know, he's a good player and a, and a decent deal. But that, that was a level below uh, an OG and an OB in terms of value. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a point that Jeff, Jeffrey made yesterday. The Grizzlies don't have – that's what they have. They've got contracts and, and picks. They don't have anyone right. of real value who they want to deal, <laughs> of positive value who they want to deal. It doesn't appear. Right. Um, 
Uh, all right. Thunder beat Boston last night, uh, 127 to 103. They've won eight of nine, including now win over Boston. They beat the Timberwolves by 23. They've beaten tw- Denver twice, including once by 26. Um, thoughts on the Thunder? They're really good. Uh, they're really good, and they're really young. It's not, it, it's, they're somewhat similar to the Grizzlies team two years ago that won 56 games, finished second in the West. Um, and like, didn't like implode in the playoffs. You got a game six in the second round against the team that ended up winning the title. And so I, I think the Thunder are a similar kind of like upstart, but for real upstart. You know, I, I, I sort of see their ceiling in the playoffs as somewhat similar, but I could be wrong about that. And so the, that's going to be the thing. I think they, if they stay healthy, they're likely to be a top four seed at the end of the season uh, in the West to stay as a top four seed. And got a chance to advance in the playoffs. And I think the real question with them is going to be, what can you do in the postseason? Um, in the in Dan Devine's podcast, I think you picked you picked the Timberwolves to finish second in the West. Is that right? Assuming Denver, you had Denver yeah. still as that, that was that was the question he asked. Where were the well? Where right. will the Timberwolves finish? And then and the other thing that's I, happening is we have and you know the the Golden State wins last night with Steph leading them past Orlando, but you've got. The Clippers, Los Angeles, Golden State, and the Suns, all with to varying degrees of success, mostly not, building and trying to win around aging stars. Like, right. are they all, I mean, and the Clippers are obviously more successful at it right now, but it is an interesting phenomenon. Are they all, um, I mean, do you feel particularly good about where any of those teams are? Not really, no. But it's the kind of thing where, like, some of those teams, like the Lakers in particular, like, you know, I mean, it feels like they're always just going to find a way to be good. Right. Um, because of who they are, they'll just find some other player. But in terms of where you're structurally set to be, if you're the Grizzlies and you're, you're, you're real, your real opportunity is not this season, it's next season and the year after. Right. Like, I think you've got to be looking at Denver and OKC in particular um, as, as, as the teams that are set up the best for those two seasons, Minnesota, like Minnesota sort of needs to do something this year. Cause like, I, it may get Mike Conley is, it may not be back and it's older and, and they have, they have luxury tax issues and that Minnesota thing may not be built to last, but Denver and OKC is very built to last. Yeah. And these other teams are sort of, there's nothing they can do. They're pot committed this year because they're not going to not try to right. win with those players, but. Interesting to see the way it's lining up. You can read Chris's piece on uh, last night's events uh, over at the Daily Memphian. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.